Hello and welcome to the Yoga with Molly Off the Mat podcast. I'm your host Molly and in this podcast we talk all things yoga and life off of the mat. Let's get started. We are back for season three. I am really excited to be starting the new year back on the pod waves. Um, when we left off season two, I was just about to go on maternity leave. Um, and I'm really happy to share that uh, a few weeks overdue, <laughs> um, my husband and I welcomed our beautiful baby boy into the world uh, in the month of December. Um, so he is home with us and he is thriving to the best of our knowledge. Although um, as first time parents, I've got to say you or we certainly never feel entirely certain <laughs> if, if uh, the things that we're noticing in him are cause for concern or just completely normal, natural things. Um, but I mean, so far, so good. He's, uh, yeah, he's a month old. Um, and um, yeah, we're really sleep deprived. Um, and, you know, emotions are running really high and really low. Um, because of sleep deprivation, I'll tell you something, nothing cranks up the stakes, the pressure, the way that sleep deprivation does, because you snap at the smallest things. Um, one of the things that I have been snapping at is spilt milk, and specifically spilt breast milk. I'm going to be talking a little bit about breastfeeding today. Um, I don't have any strong points of view or points of view to share on, um, you know, breastfeeding, bottle feeding, formula feeding, anything like that. I'll share um, a little bit about my story and then also just from the connections that I have to other mothers from community groups and birthing classes that we went to and that kind of stuff, just themes that I'm observing as they relate to human mind, body and spirit when it comes to your feeding journey. So I'll share a little bit about that. But um, yeah, you know, there is uh, there is breast milk being fed in um, in our home. And I can tell you something <laughs> when when we waste breast milk, um, either because, you know, baby has gone to sleep and hasn't been able to finish a feed or, you know, something else has gone on. Um, that is my trigger point. <laughs> Excuse the yawning. Um, and uh, yeah, anyway, I won't ramble on forever. Suffice it to say, um, season three as planned is going to focus quite a lot on postpartum life and my own journey into parenthood. Um, and very specifically, the toll... Uh, and the journey that, you know, that it's having on my mind, body and spirit uh, and things I'm learning from baby as well. Um, I'll say up front, I've decided not to share his name and details publicly um, simply because um, 
it's a safety concern more more than anything else. Um, I think when he reaches an age when he can have his own, you know, public slash social media presence, then you know that it's different. But um, and again, it's not a judgment on anyone who wants to share their child's details. It's just you know a decision that we took. Um, lots of people in my personal circle messaged me when we announced that we'd had a baby um, on our own, you know, personal channels to say, oh, you haven't announced their name. Uh, are you planning a big naming ceremony or big reveal? Uh, no. <laughs> um, if we know each other personally, we've been, we've been happy to share that information with, uh, with people. But yeah, just for the purposes of safety and privacy, we've um, decided not to include too much of a footprint of him um, out in the public forum. So for the purposes of the podcast, um, I'll simply uh, refer to him as baby boy <laughs> um, uh, slash the baby. <laughs> um, okay, let's, uh, let's dive right in. So as promised, I wanted to start by, um, I guess we can do a little bit of story time. I can share um, my feeding journey, not because, uh, it is a blueprint for anyone else. Um, but just, it's just an honest account of, of where we are and and what's been happening, um, when it comes to, to feeding an infant. So, um, going into the fourth trimester, I guess, or ahead of delivery, um, I didn't have particularly strong views even then about feeding. Um, I and and for some people that is a strong view in and of itself, <laughs> you know. But um, yeah, I, I was I was very open um to to just seeing what felt right, you know, motherhood and um feeding a a child is something that has been new to me and. Um, I hadn't particularly shared in that journey with anyone else close to me in the past. I hadn't had close friends who had had babies. None of my kind of siblings or close relatives had had children where I had been uh, particularly close uh, with them during that phase phase of life. So I didn't really have anything to, to base this on. I, I didn't have a lot of experiences that I'd heard. Um, you know, maybe casually I'd heard from other mothers um who had breastfed specifically so i'm not just talking about feeding and growing a child because that in and of itself um when you bring baby home um you're you can be quite anxious about making sure that they maintain or regain their birth weight so um just eating full stop or drinking rather and them gaining weight is is a is a big thing <laughs> when uh, when you first bring baby home regardless of how you feed them um but i'd heard from a couple of other mothers that breastfeeding is really tough and some people had specifically said that breastfeeding was much harder than labor and delivery which as a first time parent was hard for me to wrap my head around because I, I felt like I had grown up in a world where labor was this really frightening thing. Um, it was described as, you know, the most painful thing that anyone could ever experience. And yet, you know, breastfeeding and nursing had never been given that, um, that 
stage lighting <laughs> before. So it was it was a little bit wild to me to see them compared in that way. Um, but I had I had no real frame of reference. So going into it, I was very open to um, nursing our son. Uh, but I, I didn't really know what would happen. I didn't really know how things would would go, how they would pan out. Um, and I didn't put a lot of pressure on the situation. Um, so I would say what happened to me is pretty typical of what happens with a lot of new um, mothers. And again, I have no judgment of what happened. It, like I said, it's just an honest account. Um, our son was born and uh, straight away he was very interested in nursing and um, excited to eat <laughs> um, and I was very excited to nurse him um, so that that initial bonding and that relationship was um, was there what we were finding though is that his hunger was really outpacing what I could offer and as I was still learning how to kind of get the latch right and he was learning as well um he was getting really hungry and I wasn't able to keep up with that hunger and when I was still in the hospital after delivery you know occasionally I'd be calling midwives to come and help me you know I need some help getting this latch right and um if it you know I remember one time I really needed help baby was so upset and hungry and um, I couldn't get him to latch myself. I was really struggling. I was in tears. I was so desperate to feed my baby. Um, and my husband had popped um, out. I had asked him to go out to to get me some food, actually. <laughs> um, so he wasn't with me in that moment. And I was a little bit bed bound as I was recovering from delivery itself. So I couldn't step out of bed. I was calling for midwives. They were in the middle of a shift change. So I ended up waiting a few hours before someone was available to come and help me. And I was just, I was in floods of tears. I was so desperate to feed him and make sure that he was, that he was okay. Um, so in the end, in order to leave hospital and make sure baby was safe, at that point already on day two, we transitioned to combination feeding. Um, and that is a combination of three things. I was still managing to get some latches and he was enjoying that and we were feeding. Um, I had brought with me to the hospital some um, expressed colostrum, which is the really um, uh, kind of thick, nutrient-dense um, breast milk that your body produces before you give birth. I think your body starts producing it from week 16 of pregnancy um, and you can hand express some of that and, and freeze it prior to delivery. Um, I'm so glad I did. That was honestly a lifesaver. <laughs> um, well, I don't think, you know, <laughs> don't take that too literally, <laughs> but I'm I'm so, so glad that I did. Um, it had been recommended to me by midwives as an in case of emergency situation so that you do have food that comes directly from you that you're able to give baby, but also in some situations where baby is um, separated from mum for, you know, whatever reason after delivery, um, that it can be offered to them that way as well when there is... Um, you know, no opportunity to allow for um, direct nursing and, and if that's something that is important to you. So um, we were offering colostrum, which he was really enjoying. And then we also um, did go out and get some formula top up as well, just to make sure that he was getting enough uh, volume. So 
straight away we kind of transitioned to to kind of the the three <laughs> which was direct nursing um expressed breast milk or colostrum as it was and formula um and that is still where we are actually um just over a month later in different amounts i would say at the time um to help him gain his weight and feel comfortable and and you know make sure he wasn't crying and hungry that was the hardest part for me um i was comfortable to give him um generous amounts of formula um to make sure that uh that that he was was well fed um and that isn't to say that if i had not done other things he wouldn't have also been well fed it's just in that moment that was the right thing to do for our family. That's how I felt. Um, with time, the balance of things has changed. So him and I have uh, improved um, our nursing technique. <laughs> um, I My um, transitional um, breast milk came in, which again, again, if this is all uh, new to you, um, do a little bit of research on breastfeeding. I, I wish I had spent a lot more time learning about breastfeeding prior to delivery. I kind of felt like that's something that I could reserve for um, when the baby actually arrived. Whereas actually, with hindsight, those kind of first 24 to 48 hours are pretty critical, <laughs> um, I, I felt, in establishing um, feeding patterns and it's it's very easy once you've made certain choices to feel um stuck with them um and that and that's really mindset more than anything um yeah uh and and I say that you know there are some people I've spoken to who are exclusively breastfeeding who um reached out to me and said I heard your combination feeding I really really desperately want to but I feel I feel bad about wanting to. Um, I feel I feel bad. Everyone's telling me that you that I shouldn't be doing this, and I feel really bad about it. And equally, I've spoken to other people who introduced formula pretty early, as did we. Um, but then when they got home, um, felt some regret and felt like, well, actually, I had this dream of exclusively breastfeeding, and you know, now now I feel like I can't. I wasn't you know allowed to leave hospital until he had gotten a certain amount of food or you know, I didn't really feel supported. I felt really pressured to introduce um, formula. I felt guilty as if I'd be starving my child if I didn't. And, you know, now what do I do? So I I've, I see it on all ends of the spectrum. And I, I wish maybe that I had done a little bit more research prior to labor and delivery um, itself. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where we are. So for the purpose of, uh, of, of the story, <laughs> um, we have all three um going on in in this house and we are um a happy family yeah i sometimes have days where um i wish we were doing um more direct latches um so you know um breastfeeding um directly from the breast um, but at the same time, I'm beyond grateful and excited and overjoyed that my husband is able to share in the feeding of our son together with me. I think seeing the two of them together and him feeding him is so special. Um, and I'm really grateful as well that it means I have a little bit more flexibility in terms of my 
um, sleep schedule. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know. It, everything has felt really, really good in, on, in, in, in our home, but every decision that you make comes with some degree of, of trade-off. If you're exclusively breastfeeding, you will be sleeping a little bit less. Um, and I, again, I say that assuming, um, two co-parents or two, you know, at least one other person, um, supporting you. If you are a, a single, um, parent, um, and you don't have support there either. I mean, the first thing I would say is you need support. <laughs> you, need, you need support. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea how I would do this without my husband. Absolutely no idea. The sleep deprivation is so real. Um, and that's with two people sleeping in shifts, um, you know, and, and sharing feeding, sharing nappy changes, sharing all of these things. So it's, it's tough. Um, but yeah, so where I am right now, I, um, I feel happy that our son has gained weight and is healthy because that was a real concern and stress for me above anything else when he was first born. That was so, so stressful to me. Um, and more than anything, I just, I, I wanted to do anything to make sure that he wasn't hungry. Um, so that's, that's kind of how I was feeling at the time. Now, um, you know, there is a part of me that is hoping to establish more and more, like I said, direct breastfeeding. Um, but I, I feel really good that for the most part, um, and, and this is based on the wish that I had for him and, and how it works for, um, our life as well in terms of what's possible as in, you know, I'm, I'm on maternity leave and, and that kind of thing. And, um, it's all manageable for us. I'm able to express a lot, uh, so I would say probably 90, 95% of everything that he drinks now is breast milk, whereas when he first came home, um, it was definitely closer to 60, 70%, um, formula. I'm so glad that we have formula, <laughs> um, for a couple of reasons. One, um, it took so much pressure off, um, straight away. And the second thing is I found with my baby as well that, you know, I pre-prepare fixed amounts of expressed breast milk into kind of sterilized bottles. If he has one or two sips of breast milk and we have to throw the rest away, that is devastating because pumping is a work of heart. It is hydrating. It is eating the right foods. It is sleeping. You are on a schedule. You are, I mean, it is, it is hard work. It's really hard work. And it's really physically demanding. I am so much hungrier now than I was in my third trimester. It's shocked me. Um, so yeah, it's it's not easy um, growing growing a human being into the fourth trimester. It really isn't. Um, so I'm glad that we have formula because if he shows me signs that he is a little bit peckish between meals, sometimes we actually give him a few sips of formula first just to gauge, you know, is he just looking for a little, what I would describe as comfort feed, or is he actually truly hungry? <laughs> um, and if he gulps the formula down quickly, I'm happy to give him his full bottle. If he kind of takes a sip and then falls back asleep, um, no milk wasted, which is, which is really good. Um, so that's a little bit of context into our, um, our story. I feel, positive about it um but I have more mixed feelings about about the feeding journey <laughs> excuse me than <sighs> than I do about labor and delivery actually which surprised me um I got the impression before birth that you know lots of people wanted to kind of share their birth story and 
Um, I, I'm happy to share that in another episode of the podcast. I mean, m- my short summation was I had an overwhelmingly positive experience. Um, and I just feel really good about it. <laughs> um, it. It was absolutely nothing like my birth plan. Um, nothing at all. <laughs> we didn't even look at the birth plan on the day. Um, yeah, it couldn't have been more different. <laughs> and, but I, it, it was just, it was the best experience. And I keep flashing back to it with just so much positivity and happiness and joy. Um, the thing that I, I, again, I felt a little bit more like lost in the woods has been breastfeeding journey and breastfeeding story. And I think it's because I was a little underprepared um, in terms of, I didn't really know much about breastfeeding or nursing or feeding or um, the community that exists around it, the support, the um, the systems in place in the hospitals or through midwives or through the health visitors here in the UK um, to try and support you with that. I, di- I didn't know what challenges you could have. I'd heard about people having sore nipples, but I that was pretty much it. Uh, and it just feels like an entire world of information that I'm just trying to fly through as quickly as possible. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, if um, if you are um, expecting a baby, if you are planning a family um, in the short term, <laughs> excuse me again, <sighs> or long term, um, and it's something that you are interested in, I have to assume if you're listening to a yoga podcast that there is at least some interest <laughs> in uh, in the human body and all of its, um, you know, forms and expressions and beauty um, that learning a little bit more about breastfeeding might be interesting for you. So, you know, potentially you've learned a few things that you didn't know about, um, from my short story here. Um, the only other thing that I will add with my yoga teacher hat on is, um, regardless of whether you are feeding a baby using your breast directly or you are using a bottle. So this is as applicable um, as the person who is nursing or anyone else who is um, supporting with feeding. So in this case, my husband. Um, It can be really hard on your posture. (laughs) Um, And sorry, I'm yawning profusely. Um, It can be really, really rough on your posture um particularly if you're kind of yeah bending down and looking down to kind of place the bottle into baby's mouth or place the breast into baby's mouth or um that kind of thing or you're trying to lift baby up towards you um it is really rough and yeah i i found one of the hardest parts of breastfeeding is finding the right position to feed baby in um i say breastfeeding but i you know just feeding full stop um, feeding baby without coming away with a lot of pain through the shoulders, the back, the the neck as well. Um, those parts of the body are really, really vulnerable. Um, when you are feeding a child, doesn't matter, you know, what method that you're that you're choosing. Um, I do not have answers yet on um on things that you can do, um, from a yoga perspective to undo that. Um, I mean, all I'm trying at the moment is to to establish really good patterns from the start of the feed so that we don't end that feed or halfway through the feed thinking, oh my gosh, I'm in absolute agony. Um, but it's hard. It really takes its toll um, on that part of the body. So I'm just trying to bring a lot of mindfulness to it. 
um and uh and be really really sensitive to that um yeah that's story time on breastfeeding for now i am happy to keep you guys posted on uh, on how it's going if that is interesting to you um i love hearing other people's stories and at the moment i am reading a book where is it? I thought I had brought it in here with me. I'm actually just in our bedroom getting ready for a little disco nap. It's coming up to 7pm on a Friday night and I usually take a sleep from um, about 7pm until 10pm and then my husband will come to bed at 11ish, you know, we'll have like an hour of transition um, where I might, you know, um, have a mini meal, um, get hydrated, um, get myself set up and then I will do some of the night shift usually from 11 p.m till kind of four or five in the morning um and then at that point I'll wake my husband back up and he um uh, looks after baby from about 5 a.m until 10 a.m um and then we all kind of have uh breakfast together at a as a family at that point um I say we baby eats you know kind of every hour on the hour <laughs> or every every couple of hours babies eat a lot um but it's it's more that me and my husband at that point um have uh, have our breakfast together but yeah the book that i'm reading at the moment is one by an author called i want to i hope i'm pronouncing this right chantelle champ um and it's called milk it everything you need to know about breastfeeding um i'm really enjoying it i am about 40% through the book um, it's so supportive of, um, anyone who wants to, uh, breastfeed their child or children. She actually breastfed twins, which I think is really, really, uh, inspiring and, and powerful. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, it was hard for me to imagine before I was nursing my own son. Um, but, uh, and, and the book actually itself is also very, very friendly to other, um, types of feeding methods as well. Um, so yeah, so far, um, just as, you know, one, one mother to another, uh, maybe I would really recommend it. I'm really, really enjoying it. So yeah, that's milk it. Everything you need to know about breastfeeding. Um, I will, yeah, keep, keep you guys posted. I could talk about it forever and ever, um, how interesting breast milk is and, just the, the science behind it is completely wild and the human body is amazing. Um, but I think I'll, I'll leave it there for now. When I am not busy um, snuggling a newborn and breastfeeding or expressing breast milk, changing nappies... <laughs> Um, there are sometimes maybe a minute or two of each day where uh, I get to focus on me, <laughs> on mama. And I'll be honest, in the first couple of days, I did not know how to find that time at all. So I would find that I was having exactly zero sleep. Um, I would have maybe a granola bar <laughs> and it'd get to 8 p.m. and I'd realize I hadn't eaten. Um, definitely wasn't hydrating enough, didn't leave the house for a few days at all. Um, and yeah, uh, showering, forget it. Bathroom breaks, forget it. I mean, um, 
yeah, it was not good when it came to self-care. But the thing is, I think um, both of our adrenaline was so high, you know, excited, you know, bringing our new baby boy home that we, we barely noticed. It was only after a few days that I said, oh, this is this is not really sustainable. I need to make sure that I'm, you know, eating and drinking and um, showering <laughs> and that, that kind of stuff. There needs to be some base level <laughs> that we adhere to and that we make plans around, which is how we ended up, um, me and my husband, um, doing a little bit of, of shift work um, so that the other could kind of catch up on the things that they needed to do for themselves. Um, like me recording this podcast right now, you know, my husband is in the other room looking after our son at the moment. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm really, really grateful to be doing this in partnership with him. Um, so yeah, oh, gosh, little things that I'm doing that make me feel good. Um, I wanted to, uh, to share in case it is helpful. Um, it's really easy, I would say, to um, use kind of the sleep deprivation as like a get out of jail free card. So um, one thing I appreciated dearly in the first week, um, some friends of ours sent us some sweet treats. They sent us some brownies to our home with a little note that said, you know, hopefully the sugar will, will give you the kick that you need when you're really sleep deprived. And oh boy, have we been craving sugar. Um, you know, I wouldn't say we have particularly strong sweet teeth, my husband and I, but there's something about the sleep deprivation. All we want is, uh, is really starchy or sugary foods. Um, the first few days, I think the only thing I did eat was some donuts. <laughs> yeah, granola bars. Uh, my husband has had a particular craving for for takeout pizza, which usually, I think I've seen him eat once in our entire relationship of several years. <laughs> it's just not usually his thing. Whereas each day he's been coming to bed going, I can't stop thinking about pizza. Um, and I go, I know what you mean. I can't stop thinking about chocolates. Um, and uh, yeah, so our obsession with kind of <laughs> um, high sugar, starchy foods has been pretty real because your body is so depleted. But what I keep telling myself is, um, on the one hand, uh, probably, you know, we, we, uh, we needed a little bit of that food group. <laughs> um, but also, it's so important when you're running on low um, and, and it's due to things that are out of your control. You know, we can't control when baby will cry, when baby will be hungry, when baby needs comfort, when baby needs changing. Um you know, so you're going to feel sleep deprived and you're going to not feel good. <laughs> you're not going to feel good. Um, but there are a ton of things that you can control. What you eat, definitely one of them. Um, and uh, the other thing that I would say that's been helpful is getting outside, getting outside, getting a little bit of sunshine on your face during the day, a little bit of fresh air, um, going for a little walk. Uh, the wonderful thing about a little walk is baby uh, typically sleeps when they're in the pram. Our baby does. Um, he likes being in the pram. He goes to sleep straight away. And it, it almost means it's a guaranteed, you know, anywhere from five minutes to half an hour when we take him out. It's still early days, so we haven't been for very long trips, where it's quiet. You know, there's no crying. Um, other than, you know, I think... 
Um, on a couple of trips out, he's gotten a little bit hungry. Um, we had a bottle in the stroller, um, ready to go. So we just gave him a little feed and then he settled down and went back to sleep. Um, and whenever we arrived at our destination, be it, you know, one, uh, one time we had to go for a, a quick follow-up appointment at the hospital. Um, earlier today we went to a cafe cause we were feeling too lazy to make our own breakfast. So we went out for eggs. Um, you know, whenever we arrived at our destination, there was baby changing there. So, but the journey itself, it's just, it's a quiet time when there's no, you're not looking at a pile of dishes. You're not looking at laundry. You're just, you can, you can just breathe. You can just breathe and feel the elements on your face, whether it's sunshine or rain. We did actually go for a walk in the rain because <laughs> we've been enjoying going for little walks so much. Um, so that I would highly recommend. Just get out, get out for five minutes with or without baby, um, you know. Uh, if there's someone there that's able to look after baby, you know, new parents might enjoy a few minutes to themselves. But it's been really special going out as a family. Um, and the other thing that we're trying to make an effort around, but it is really tough, is um, is eating well uh, as well. Um, uh, definitely, uh, we've ordered at least one pizza and I am definitely eating little bits of chocolate here and there. Um, but we're, we're trying to make choices that are really supportive of our health. Um, because, you know, I, I know if you can introduce things like, um, omega-3 fatty acids, um, you know, dark leafy green vegetables, all of those things are really supportive of improved mood and, we could do with as much of that as possible because, um, yeah, like I said, the, the sleep deprivation, um, it takes its toll on you. And I think, you know, the pressure and anxiety of being a new parent does as well. You know, wondering, am I doing this right? Am I doing it good enough? Am I, am I doing everything I can to, to take care of my child as best as possible? Um, it's, you know, it's, it's tough. It's really tough. Um, so yeah, just, uh, just a few little things. Um, and they really are small, simple things, <laughs> getting outside and eating some greens, <laughs> um, that are making, oh, just a world of difference. Last milestone I'll share, which was really exciting for me today. Um, today I went back to the gym um, I was before pregnancy a big gym goer. Um, it's something I really, really enjoyed. <laughs> I mean, I really enjoyed. It's not for everyone. I also really loved running outdoors and um, obviously yoga. Majority of my yoga was outside of gym environments in yoga studios, self practice at home, online yoga as well. You know, I was doing a lot of it during the pandemic and um, practicing as well as teaching. Um, but I, I have loved the gym and I cancelled most, if not all of my memberships <laughs> last year during pregnancy. I had ambitions to have a really fit and active pregnancy and continue to go to the gym throughout. My morning sickness completely overwhelmed me, both in terms of the intensity of the sickness in the first trimester, um, but then the anxiety that I experienced for the rest of pregnancy um, whether it was anxiety that sickness would return or just anxiety in general, it was completely debilitating. And 
going out, making it to the gym. Um, and it wasn't even the gym itself. It would be getting public transports or any kind of transport to the gym was, was too overwhelming for me. And I, I just didn't want to leave the house unless I absolutely had to, which now, you know, that sense of anxiety, um, in, in, in that very specific way, lifted immediately after delivery. I mean, I was completely blown away. <laughs> in that, as soon as baby was in my arms, the fear, the panic, the nausea that I had experienced all pregnancy, it just disappeared, just poof, as if it had never happened. Um, which is wild. <laughs> um, I have new anxieties now, you know, making sure that the baby is okay. Um, but I love getting out. And I loved going to the gym today. I loved it. Um, so at the moment, I am still taking it easy post delivery. So there was nothing high impact or anything like that going on. My only goal, because it's a new gym that I joined, I signed up this week, um, was just to go do a little bit of walking on an incline, um, make it to kind of the stretching zone, you know, lay lay out a mat and just kind of have a gentle stretch slash explore, um, just to, just to kind of, uh, you know, see how my body is feeling. Um, and then the thing I was most excited about when I was joining this gym is they have a meditation room. They have a room with beds laid out with curtains that divide the bed. So you have a little bit of privacy where you can just lay down and meditate. And, I had never seen this in any gym before, <laughs> not any gym that I had joined. Uh, occasionally, I meditate when I go to the gym, but not often. If if you're trying to do that on the gym floor, by all means, you can, but I find it really off-putting when heavy weights are dropping around you and, you know, that kind of thing. I prefer to kind of be alert and with my eyes open just for safety reasons. Um, so this was, it was amazing to me. So I, I stuck to my plan. I, I went to the gym. I did some walking on an incline. Um, raised my heart rate a little bit and and while I was walking was just kind of taking in my surroundings and um, assessing the vibe just noticing what equipment they had in in more detail and kind of imagining myself you know doing doing something um, you know well I was pretty challenged today but you know continuing to challenge myself in um, in more advanced ways um, as the year goes on um, but yeah, I, I really wanted to make it to the meditation room and have a few moments just for myself <laughs> while I was meditating without fear that it would be interrupted by a crying baby or, you know, the doorbell going or something else happening. And when I was there, um, and I was meditating actually, maybe not while I was meditating, well, maybe, um, but afterwards as well. Oh, do I hear my son? I don't think it was a phantom cry. Oh, I do hear him. Let me take a quick break. I ended up spending a lot longer with Babe than I thought that I would actually. Baby was crying and um, I decided to, to step out and, uh, and snuggle with him. And then I thought, mm, he's been very fussy the last 24 hours. I thought one of the things that they told me in the hospital before we left with him was that, um, well, I, partly I knew this already, that skin-to-skin -skin contact between mother and baby 
is uh, is really, really great for both mum and baby. Um, but the thing that I remember from hospital specifically when I was struggling with breastfeeding one day, uh, the midwife came in and, and kind of observed me and, and, and noticed that the baby was wearing clothes. And she said, what are you doing? Babies hate wearing clothes. <laughs> um, now, that isn't to say, you know, babies also... Um, need to be uh, kept at a suitable temperature. So um, before everyone goes and strips their baby down, you have to make sure that it is safe to do so, <laughs> as in it's not too cold um, where where they are. But, you know, her point was baby is most likely to successfully breastfeed if they are stripped down to just their nappy and mom also has a bare chest as well. So me and baby actually just spent the best part of the last hour um, just doing some skin to skin and, uh, and successfully breastfeeding, um, which was, which was really lovely and really special. And he, it's the first time I had seen him really happy and excited all day after he was really fussing. So, um, I don't know if it was the, the fact that we did a direct latch or if it was our skin, um, against each other's or, or maybe just cause I was a little bit calmer. Um, from having gone to the gym and looked after myself a bit today, uh, maybe he picked up on the fact that he had a, a happy and calm mummy. Uh, maybe that helped him too. Who knows? Either way, it was a very, very special last hour. Um, the only thing that I was going to wrap by saying is, uh, you know, I was sitting in this meditation chair today, a meditation bed at the gym, um, feeling, oh gosh, really luxurious. Um, I have never been anywhere where I felt so pampered, even when I've stayed in, you know, nice hotels or, you know, things like that. It just, it was such a cozy environment. And it got me thinking about meditation afterwards and very specifically the eighth limb of yoga, Samadhi. Um, I may have butchered the pronunciation on that. <laughs> I should say up front, I do my best when it comes to the Sanskrit, but it's not my mother tongue or one that I grew up with. So sometimes I get it wrong. Um, and I'm uh, really happy on pointer suggestions and corrections, actually. So never, never hesitate to um, share them with me so that I, I can do a better job. Um, the eighth limb of yoga, though, Samadhi, which is a state of pure bliss and total awareness and or detachment slash connection to the divine, you know, various different interpretations of it. Um, and I feel like I've spoken to some yogis who, for whom this is a really kind of revered um, state that you may never access um, or maybe you've accessed once in your life. And for others, it's like, oh yeah, you know, I, all of my meditation takes me there. <laughs> or I, you know, I, as I feel like people's definition and experience of it is, is so personal and so unique. Um, and it's always caused me as a yoga student to ask the question, well, have I experienced this? <laughs> is this something I'm going to experience? do I think I've experienced it? And then one day maybe I really will and I'll think, oh, I had no idea what I was talking about. I don't know. Um, and I guess you could say that of anyone, even of people who claim to have experienced it. How do they know for sure <laughs> that that's what it is that they experienced? Anyway, it's not for me to judge them and it's also not for them to judge me. Um, I can kind of draw, draw my own conclusions, I guess. Um, 
But loosely speaking, in my meditation practice, I am aware of certain layers that I almost swim through um, from being present to being distracted to being curious to feeling nothingness, complete detachment to, yeah, I, I you know, I, I, I don't know. And I felt like I did experience that today in the meditation chair in brief pockets of time. And um, what I really loved about that is I've been quite hard on myself postpartum, um, postnatally and thinking, gosh, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't, I've struggled to find the time for a longer meditation practice. And when I do, I feel like, you know, I'm one foot out the door because I'm always listening for baby. Um, and, you know, I, I've, I kind of struggle, you know, with this idea, you know, am I still able to go deep? Um, will, will I go deep in my meditation practice today? But what I've found is, and I don't know if, uh, if this is just me trying to comfort myself, but I found almost in some ways my mind has become a bit more efficient. Uh, and maybe it's also because I'm scrolling on my phone less because I'm staring at the baby. <laughs> um, but I find when it's time to go to sleep, I drop off very quickly <laughs> in a way that I never was able to before. Um, and also in meditation, I've managed to slip into quite deep states of meditation much faster. Um, and again, I, you know, I don't really have much else to say other than just that's something I'm observing in early motherhood. And I don't know if it is exhaustion, <laughs> you know, that means that I fall asleep quicker, or if it's, if it's the other things that have kind of withdrawn from my life as I've made space for baby. Um, I'm living a lot more, I, I guess the right word is, or, or, maybe this is an exaggeration, not primarily, but certainly I'm watching less TV, I'm using my phone less, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really just living a life that centers around feeding and nurturing baby um, and not being in my corporate job and, and really doing anything other than looking after baby. I mean, that must have such a huge impact on the brain, um, you know, just being removed from all of those things. Um, so that's as much as I'll say for now. I found myself, um, yeah, dancing with the eighth limb of yoga, which has really surprised me because I did not expect this to be a time where I would float in and out of that state. Um, and yeah, otherwise, um, I'll wrap us up for today. Alright, it is time for me to tuck myself in um, and take uh, one of my very efficient disco naps <laughs> um, before I settle in for the night shift with the baby. Um, I can hear he's fussing again now um, that, um, that he's in the other room, so I'm really keen to get some rest so that I can um, give him a lot of love and attention 
um, overnight and then uh, I'll take the second half of my sleep at sunrise but thanks so much for listening thanks as always for sharing in this journey with me and being you know compassionate and kind and curious and supportive as as I uh, um, as I open up and kind of share this part of my life off of the mat um, I've made a note of a few things that I would love to share when it comes to postpartum life um, I'm sure at some point I'll share a little bit more about birth story and labor and delivery and um, various things like that. Um, but um, as well as kind of self-care in the postnatal period and um, things of um, things of that nature. But for now, it's time for me to get some rest and I'll speak to you next time.